Hello and welcome to another episode of the Classic Pinball Podcast. My name is George and I'm joined by my co-host Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello, George. Folks, today we've got a special guest. Someone from Ohio. Someone who won the 2021 Solid State Award at Pinbrew Fest. Tom, I hope I don't butcher your last name. Chiquetti? Uh Chiquetti, pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's been, Tom, it's, welcome. Been, it's been pronounced about 200 different ways, but that one was close enough. <laughs> yeah, I've got one of those names, so I understand. Unlike uh, our good friend Dave, who everybody knows his name. No, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, pleasure talking to you guys. Let me do a little, uh, little setup. Tom contacted me through Pinside and said that he had heard me talk about his game i guess on the pinbrew fest episode is that correct correct you were talking with keith keith campanelli about the um the upcoming show and if i recall correctly i don't think keith helped me out too much with the uh, the description of your game yeah he said he remembered the game but he didn't remember like what the history was what i did to it and all that uh keith's got a full plate so uh, oh yeah he gets, he's... A he, he gets he gets a pass He's super busy right now. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about Tom's game. It's a Data East Playboy that's, I guess, sort of been rethemed. Would you call it that, Tom? Uh, I would. I would say it's kind of a minor retheme. It's a. It's a. It's a minor retheme. It's not a major overhaul, but it's. It's a few differences that were made to it. We're we're doing something a little bit different here. We have not had. I was trying to remember, Dave. Have we had anybody else on the show to talk about one of their games? Uh, yeah, we did. Um, what's one with Lady Death? Oh, right? okay, that's right. With Tom, with Tommy, yep. Tommy Skinner. Yep. That's right. He did Lady Death, which was a, a definite retheme and a, a kit. Tom, why don't you give us a little history of this game? Uh, how you acquired it? what you actually did to it. And the one thing that I'm interested in is the graphics that were applied to the play field and how that all went. So floor's yours. Well, here in Columbus, Ohio, I actually work for an operator distributor. I, I run dart leagues for them, but we also, we're a main operator in Ohio. So we set games out on the street and everything. And uh, next door, our parent company is a distributor and they make sales. Well, they took this game in on trade about three years ago and it was an old data east playboy that came out in 89 it had i wouldn't say it's been neglected but it was kind of not well taken care of over the years it came out in 89 and it was in out on the street and in people's house and in the basement just so it was it was pretty filthy had some you know coils not firing needed a little bit of minor board work it was just it needed some attention I had never been interested in the game, but I, I saw it in the warehouse and I offered them a, a price for it and they gave it to me for a good deal. So I said, okay, I'll take it home and, you know, clean it up, play it for a little bit and then sell it. So I, I got it home and over the year, I was working on it and play, fixing, doing repairs, cleaning it up, doing a few changes on the play field, like, you know, color changes and things and actually it started growing on me it's actually it's a it's a fun little game for data east back then i mean it's got the typical you know gameplay from that era with you know the 
the million point shot, you know, that helps you catch back up and, you know, the silly little call outs and the ramps. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a data East game from, you know, the late eighties, early nineties. Um, um, you, Dave might have familiarity with those games. I certainly do not. So I'm interested in hearing a little bit more about it. The one thing that stands out about that game that I've always kind of been turned off of was the translate, the, the backlash translate. It was like, one of the that that from that era where it's like photoshopped and just it's got Hugh Hefner on there with a bunch of playmates and then it's also got a mixture of like animated girls and other it's just it's a really bad seemed like somebody got uh, photoshopped for Christmas and uh, started having fun with it correct I agree yeah. <laughs> it's not the uh, it is not the nicest uh, looking translator backlash that's out there. Data East, in, Data East in general didn't really do that great with their translites and back classes. They're kind of kind of hacky in general. It, it, it seems to me, and again, I don't know anything. It seems like there were a lot of uh, money-saving measures that were taking place during, uh, I guess you could call the dark ages of pinball, or at least the beginning of. Yeah, one of the, and, and the, I think um, Kevin O'Connor did the art on it, which normally he's amazing. But I'm I'm guessing he probably didn't do the backlash. I'm hoping. <laughs> I mean, the playfield artwork looks great. I mean, it goes with the game well. But yeah, that backlash just needed like replaced. So there's a there's a gentleman on Penn Penn side uh, goes by the name of Pinstein. He does he customized a translate and package for the game that focused on Marilyn Monroe, and it's just beautiful what he did and it's amazing looking so i purchased it it's he only made like i think 20 kits so it's you get a translate you get a playfield decal because on the playfield they had all 12 playmates from that year of 89 or 90 i'm not sure which one they used but i think her name kimberly conrad was the playmate of the year so she's predominantly focused on the playfield really big and so in this kit you got the translate you got a decal that goes over Kimberly Conrad's face with Marilyn Monroe's face and then below that above the slingshot there's a signature Kimberly Conrad but then it's replaced with Marilyn Monroe's signature and then there's two instruction cards that go down on the bottom and I tell you once I put that in it completely changed the look of the game it made it look like it was a modern stern just the way the artwork and it's been it's probably going to stay in my collection because of that just because it's so beautiful to look at now i asked the question earlier is it a sticker is it a water decal the what 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 is it exactly and you can't just leave it that way i'm guessing no the 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 marilyn monroe face and the signature is a decal that just it's a real thin decal that just goes right over top of the play field so it's not a permanent change so if I ever did sell it and someone didn't like Marilyn Monroe, they could easily put the old translate in and just remove that decal without even damaging the plate. So it's a regular, you know, adhesive that goes on there and that's it. It's, it's like, yep. a, oh, yep, that's it. And it, it, it matches do up. any clearing, nothing over it. It's, it's, I did not, I considered maybe in the future, if I did want to, if I know I want to keep the game permanently and I, got the itch to try and tear it all completely down and clear coat it. I was in, I might, but that's another bridge to cross in the future. Dave, do you have any familiarity with this game? Sorry, I was muted. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you were just disregarding me. That's all. Yeah, I'm just ignoring you, George. You know, that's how I go. Yeah, of course you are. Um, no, I've never really. I've worked on Date East from that time frame, but I've never really worked on one of these or even really played one of these. I, I just, I well, you guys are talking. I looked up the the uh, god awful backlash, and you are correct, Tom. That uh, they could have done a lot better. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like B- Bubbles the Clown with the uh, bubbles and the balloons around. It just looked, I don't know. It, but, it does have the old lady on it, which every Playboy seemed to have on there. Like she was in the cartoons and all that in the, com- in the magazines. So, unfortunately, she's on a play field still, but she's not on the new translate. Yeah, and the, the translate has like a, a cutout bunny. Looks like a cutout bunny standing up or whatever in the background. It's, it just looks so, I don't know. They could have done. And even the, the, gr- the girl that's sitting down center stage right next to Hefner, she looks like she's having a good day. She kind of looks way too serious. You know, just, you know, could have done better. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you said you don't much uh, familiarity. I think they only made like 2,300 of them. So I don't know if that would consider it a hard to find one or a rare one. But, and I don't, and I'm not sure how popular it was on the street, considering the theme. Probably couldn't play, place it most places. Well, what are some of the other games from Day to East? And I, and the question that I have is, are all there? operating system and boards the same and i'm going to come to one of the boards in a second from that time frame yes from that time frame the late 80s yes they're all kind of interchangeable i have a phantom of the opera also that's i believe less than a year apart from the playboy and all the boards swap in and out those yeah i think it's around late 80s maybe 1990 that that late 80s generation so yeah they kind of have that generational stuff they they could swap things around with those It's, it's basically it's the newfangled Stern, the classic Stern. Then they turned into uh, oh, some other little uh, game, uh, game. No, not game, game player. player. Yeah, yeah uh, not game player. But they made the uh, Gamatron. They made this uh, Gamatron. I forget the name of the in this case right now. And then they turned into Data East, and then they turned into Sega, and then they turned into Stern. What they are now. Oh, I'm just commenting on the gameplay. It's 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 not a whole lot to it. It was just like the games from back then, but it's it's got some funny little callouts and you know Hefner is actually you know talking to you during the, the gameplay, so that's always fun. Is there any music in it? There's little tunes that play like the electronic tunes. Like um, I can't remember the one that plays at the end of the game, the name of it, but it's a, I guess it's a classic Playboy song. I'm talking now, about. Now, are you familiar with the the Valley Playboy? I've played one and I've never owned one, but I really would like to get one someday. Are you familiar with the song that plays in that game? Um. Isn't that the song? Yeah, in the game? That, that's yeah, the one. Right. It's like, so do they play that similar. Same, I guess that's the question. Do they play that same song? And uh... there's there's a tune that plays at the end of the game when you finish, and the lyrics scroll across the the, the score display. Uh, but okay. be my playboy, blah blah blah. 
Okay. Well, let's. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna move from that to the back box. Okay. What component is in the upper left-hand side? Because the heat sink on there looks like something off of a vintage motorcycle. That thing is gigantic. What board is that? Power supply. Have you seen the size of that heat sink? Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't look right. It's it's for the five volts, I believe. Dissipate that much heat. It doesn't sound to me like it's an engineering marvel. Just running that. runs kind of hot. Yeah. A little. Mm -hmm. If I'm if I'm if I can remember right, and I think Dave can confirm, I believe the Data East and the old System 11s were pretty similar board sets. They, right yeah, they were, yeah, pretty much Data East and Stern always copied people and then they redid it. And, you know, they were kind of always the follower, let someone else lead the way. And they kind of took the boards and kind of did their own little thing with them. But they're, some stuff's directly swappable. Um, right. And I believe that, that, that uh, Power Supply is one of them. But the other boards, are, they're very close. You know, they basically just robbed from Williams at the time. Tom, let's uh, go back to one of your original statements. You okay. said that you work for a distributor. So this is going to kind of dovetail into, tell us a little bit, you know, the obligatory question that we all have. How'd you get into the hobby? It doesn't sound like it's a far stretch to figure it out. Mm. But what other games do you have? And unfortunately, we're not going to see you at Pinbrew Fest this year. And we'll talk about that in a little while. Okay. Um, uh, I got into the hobby by, um, it was, <laughs> this is way back in the AOL chat room days. <laughs> I was uh, searching around back when you had to dial up and make the awful sound to get on. And I was chatting and I saw there was a, a chat room called uh, Ohio Arcade Collectors or something. And it caught my eye, so I jumped in there and I was talking and I started talking with two guys that were here in Columbus. And I mean, this was 25 years ago. And I just turned 50 last month to age myself, but 25 years ago, and I had no idea you could buy arcade games and put them in your house. So we started talking and they said, oh yeah, we have these auctions every month or every other month here in town at the fairground. So I started going with them and I bought my first couple arcade games and like COVID, it just spread like crazy. <laughs> I just came hooked and started buying games. And I gradually uh, got my first pinball machine, which was the Kings of Steel, little Bally Kings of Steel. And I started teaching myself to work on these games and stuff. And a local operator, a sm really small local operator, I said, this is where I would go to buy old games and parts from. He, we just got a good relationship together and he hired me on as one of their collectors going around fixing games and collecting the money and all that ever since i've been working there or i worked for him and then uh, five years later the major operator here in ohio which is where i'm at now uh, my two friends worked for them and they got me a job there and i've been here ever since and what i do here i i don't actually work with the games i i started out as a technician but then i got promoted up to i run dart leagues so we have electronic dartboards now that it connects to the internet they're soft tip boards and you could play people from around the world. It's it's pretty cool. So I just set up dart leagues, and that's what I do. I, I get paid to play darts all day. Not bad. Yeah. So you have no interaction really with the gaming side of the house. When I mean that, um, arcade games and pinballs. 
the, I'm the only one here currently that actually enjoys pinball <laughs> and wishes that they would start setting more. So whenever we do have one in here that needs chopped out or cleaned, I'm the one that volunteers to do it. Now, does your distributor distribute newer games and put them out on location? Uh, well, that's the thing. The distributor side of us is the owner of the entire company. And I work for the other daughter company, which is the operator. So we're the same building, but we're two completely different companies. Gotcha. And, but yeah, they do sell new games. They sell Stearns and Jersey Jacks. So in fact, I'm, I have a rush premium on order that I'm waiting on. Oh, so you and Dave have something in common. Yeah, I've been waiting 20 years. Well, actually my entire life. Right? <laughs> I have All a rush right. tattoo on my leg. So I've seen him 15 wow. times. I've traveled wow. to Toronto to see him. What's okay, your, I'm, uh... I'm going to put a halt to this for a second. Oh, I want to talk about Rush. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you got to understand. I, uh, you know, we just published two shows. The first one did well. The second one did okay. I'm trying to steer clear of Rush just for a little bit. So, sorry. Going to put the hook <laughs> down it for a few minutes. We'll come, we'll come to it, Dave. Calm down. We'll come, all right, we'll come back. All right. And all worked I'll, up over your new game. But I'll stop you know, Think of all our classic people out there. <laughs> okay. We got them coming up. They're coming up, folks. Don't worry about it. classes are coming back. So we, we got a whole oh, lineup here. Don't worry. Right. I mean, Tom was kind enough to contact me. And I thought, you know, this is a good time to get somebody who's got a game that we probably would never, ever see or review. And uh, I'm going to put the offer out there to others. Uh, you know, you can contact us through Pinside or you can contact me and Dave through our Gmail account. So far, nobody has taken me up on it, but I've forgotten for a couple of episodes. So if you do care to contact us, it's the Classic Pinball Podcast, all spelled out, with the numeral one at the end. So the Classic Pinball Podcast one at gmail.com. So who's going to be number one? We'll, we'll find out. Tom, I'm guessing you have other games. I do. What I other games are in your collection? Uh, currently, I have 12. Um... I have seven in the house. That's about all I can fit right now. Three in the garage and two are being babysit. <laughs> uh, I have a, uh, if we go from oldest to newest, I have a flip-flop from Bally, old EM. Uh, I have a Flash Gordon, uh, Silver Ball Mania, which I'm currently restoring. I have a hard top for that, which um, I got from the Outer Edge guys that here in Ohio, they make those hard tops. And they actually use my Silver Ball Mania play field to scan to make that hard top. So I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, I have an old World Cup from 1978. Uh, World Cup from 94. Phantom of the Opera. Um, I have an Excalibur, an old Gottlieb. Uh, Demolition Man. Monopoly. And I have a Spider-Man, the new Stern one. And I recently picked up a black belt, which I'm not sure if you've heard of that one. It's an old ballet from 1986. They only made 300 of them. Oh, that's really, that's way dark ages. That's when ballet yeah. was. Yeah, I, I, I don't yeah. know that game. Um, but it's, you have a, very a pretty wide assortment. It's got a, it's the ballet black belt is really unique. It's got an upper flipper that fires backwards towards you that goes up a ramp. Okay, I'm going to have to go check that out. Yeah, it's pretty unique. Uh, nice collection there. I've had uh, Silver Romania. I've had a couple of those. Sold, sold those. Uh, Flash Gordon, great game. Uh, I got a couple of those. Sold a couple of those. What else do you say for classic ballet? Oh, yeah, Flip Flop. I had one of those Flip recently. I sold, I sold that off. Kind of cool game where it had the um, 
bounce back into the lanes in the bottom there, kind of like uh, like Viking and like right, Centaur right. a little bit. Yeah, kind of like a little, you know, little, little nudge trampoline. Save you can make. Yeah, yeah, those are kind of cool. But yeah, I can't keep them all right. Right now, I have my eyes set on a. Uh, not that I need another pinball machine, but uh, an O an OXO uh williams i'm i got my eyes set on one of those I, I just spotted one that i might be uh might be grabbing so we'll see is that, the the tic, is that the one with the tic-tac-toe board on it yeah and I, after i saw that in a recent tournament about about a year ago it's like you know that looks like a really that fun the game one that was in the classics tournament at indisc yeah yep. i saw eric play exactly as soon as i saw him play that's like i think i need that game We'll, we'll, think come I... to Eric and, we'll come to Eric in a little bit. I got a whole list of stuff here to talk about. Um, I think I saw one of those in Texas. Oh, yeah? Was it good like shape? The, pinball, the Texas Pinball Festival. I think I'm pretty sure I saw one. I can't remember. You're, 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 you're stealing my lines there, Tom. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's move to t uh, the Texas Pinball Festival, okay. uh, which happened uh, this past weekend. Tom attended. Uh, Tom, why don't you give us a, an overview? And then I got a couple of questions. I'm sure Dave does as well. Yeah. Uh, it was an amazing weekend. So much fun. There were so many games there and a couple of rare games, um, lots of vendors. The, Your the first food, time? It was my first time. It was my first time leaving the airport in Texas. I've only ever been there for layovers, but this is my first time actually going into Texas and it, it was amazing that the town of Frisco, which is just outside of Dallas, is beautiful. Uh, the weather was perfect. The food was, I mean, insane. Uh, it ruined food for me back in Ohio for the rest of my life. <laughs> you got your taste of some uh, Texas barbecue? Oh, we had, I had it twice. And it was just ridiculous. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't eat it every meal. It's uh, kind of hard not to do when you go out there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the show was great. I mean, I, I'm actually looking for i'm gonna try and go again next year well let's hit, let's hit the highlight reel that everybody's talking about did you have the opportunity to play rush weird al and then dave i want you to chime in about this uh, revenge of rudy or rudy's revenge you know the uh, funhouse yeah. redo yeah so let the uh, let tom talk a little bit about some of the newer games that people are, might be interested in and then some of the highlights that you know he saw for those of us who have never been to TPF. Uh, well, I'll start with the two that I'm sure everybody's interested. The Weird Al and the Broody. I saw both of them and I watched people play them, but the line for those two games were consistently six or seven people deep the entire show. And I never got a chance to actually play one, but I got to watch people play them in there. The Weird Al is going over like hotcakes. Everybody's loving it. It seems like it's like Multimorphic is going to knock it out of the park with that one. Uh, the Rudy one, it was it looked good. Uh, it had the little extra LCD screen on the play field and had the dot matrix display and the animations. Everything seemed to flow really good on it. The sounds were good. So it kind of makes me regret selling my funhouse years and years ago because I probably would have converted it. It's Rudy's Nightmare, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I saw the... Uh... I watched the video on it, you know, when they were advertising it and uh, I'm, I'm kind of, a, I'm more of a purist. So I, I, I like the original better not to poo poo on what people are doing and great, you know, kudos for doing it and, and great. And a lot of people like it. Um, but for me, it, the new sound calls kind of took away from it. I didn't, didn't sound like Rudy, even like a, 
uh, I'm just expecting the real Rudy, and they had a, they had a different voice guy do it that wasn't even trying. To, it didn't sound like sound anything like Rudy at all. So it kind of it took me away from what the game was. You know what I mean? It's like a whole new game in a way for me. So, but that's just me. I don't know what your impressions were of it. it, it was it fun to play? Was it kind of a whole new experience for you? Or uh... well, I didn't actually get to play it, but I, I saw everybody else playing it, and they were having a good time. They okay. enjoyed it. I mean, obviously the shots are all exactly the same, but right. the, the rule sets are different. Yeah, it seems a lot more deeper because they can add like today's technology to it to make it a deeper game. Right. Um, that's always good. But I mean, as far as the conversion, it looked pretty clean. Like it was meant to be built that way. So okay. it wasn't like a hack job. Right, right. I, I'm saying for me, the, the sound calls in the game, just the, the voicing and so forth, uh, when I heard, when I was watching it, I was like, ah, oh, it's not, not for me. You know, I'm, I'm oh, gonna, no, yeah, I can, I, can, you know. I can totally see that. There were, what, nine or ten of those multimorphic games there? Were uh, all yeah, them, they, were they all had... Weird Al? Were they all no, Weird Al? No, they had two Weird Owls, and then they had, like, Lexi Lightspeed, uh, uh, Cosmic Kart Racing, Heist, uh, and a couple other ones I can't recall. But, yeah, they, well, had, they had quite a bit of variety. I'm wondering, and I talked about this in one of the shows, there's a game called Heads Up. I guess it was never released, but I got to play it in Houston a couple of years ago where mm -hmm. the two games are tied together and you're actually playing against somebody live right next to you on the same game. Mm -hmm. And you can take points away. You can add points. Uh, you can block shots. It's, a, it's definitely a different experience. I'm wondering if they had that game there. I, I, I want to say I think they did, but I, I don't want to say and not correct. That's okay. There's a lot to do at that show. Oh, it was three days, and I don't think I even – I still don't think I saw everything. It was a pretty so huge layout. What's the most layout. unique game you played? Uh, most unique game. Uh, there was an old Stern Viper that I've never seen. That was pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, Viper. Great back class on that game. Yeah, it was beautiful. It caught my eye as soon as I went past it. Yeah. I, I have a new old stock. You own one of everything. You own one I, of those? I got a new old stock back class for that game. It's gorgeous with that, that snake and the uh, the hut babe on there and the snake is very, uh, yeah. I don't know, maybe not safe for a home environment. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there was an old um, uh, one was called Free Fall. That was pretty interesting. I guess it was oh, Free pretty Fall. Rare. Yeah. Yep, wide body. I've had two of those, sold them both up. Pretty game. Uh, one of the really unique games that was a custom that a guy did, um, it was the old Bally Star Trek. But what he did was he made a completely the same game but he made the play field a mirror image of yeah the original. I, I've, I've seen that it's a mirror universe so it's called mirror yeah it's mirror. one of the episodes yeah and it i saw a really picture of that as well spock cool. with a beard yeah it was beautiful yeah that's that's a cool i, I like how that guy did that that's a great idea on that one there yeah. that, that was well done was that one like a did he actually make it talk to or just basically it's the same game same everything just the artwork is different but everything everything same. was same except a few of the inserts were different okay. but i mean like they had just different writing on them but right. and the plastics had different graphics but the gameplay was i believe pretty similar gameplay sounds similar just the whole the visual was was different right yeah okay. Talk to us about Pinbrew Fest. You were there last year. Yes. Obviously, you won for the best solid state. Yep. Tell us a little bit the... about the show. We've had, you know, obviously the biased opinion with Keith 
Right. You have no vested interest, I'm guessing. So give us a, give us your thoughts. Uh, honestly, Pember Fest was, I, I've been to this past year, I've probably been to five shows. And Pember Fest is up there as one of the funnest ones I was at. It was just, I mean, it was early, right after everything opened back up. So it was, <clears throat> it was not as big as he probably wanted it to be, but it was a pretty good size. And everything was spread out perfectly. Uh, the layout was great. Um, the game, there was plenty of games there. And surprise, from what I've seen from other shows I've been to, Pimbrew had the most games that were actually working and playable as far as what was on the floor. That, like, that I makes... mean, at, at, yeah, at Expo, like, I mean, I want to say like maybe 70, 60, 70% of the games were, on, were working. The other ones were either shut off or just not playable. Um, other shows, like, there's constantly games blacked out because they're just not working. But Pimbrew, almost every game was working, and it was it was really nice. Uh, the beer, now I'm not a big beer guy, I'm more of a bourbon guy, but it was really nice to have all those different options to try out and taste test. I found a couple that I actually enjoyed. Um, but yeah, and then they had food trucks outside with some great barbecue and pizza. It, it was an all around really fun event and. I'm really upset I'm going to miss it this year. Like I said, I run Dart League, so I'm going to be in Vegas for a week for the World Dart Championships running that tournament. Oh, let me cry for you, Tom. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, I, I actually will be working that week, even though my wife doesn't. <laughs> hey, I get a question you, for you about are the you, uh, Are you planning on going to the uh, Pinball Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been there twice already. Uh, last, both times I've, I've been in Vegas a couple times the past year for the same for darts again. But yeah, I've, I went there the week before it had their grand opening and I went back in January. And it's, it's, a, it's an amazing facility. They got so many games, so many fun games, like rare games. It's, it's, a, it's a great place. And maybe finally I can get past like the first part of the pinball circus. Yeah, the pinball circus. I've played that once at Allentown. Uh, fun, fun game. Um, it's a damn elephant trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, is it kind of complete yet? Is it is the game sort of co code is complete? Someone pl complete the code, or I forget uh, how that goes. I don't think I've ever gotten far enough in that game to ever find out. Okay, but it, but it's playable. I mean, it's fun. I, I get a question too, com comparing Texas Pinball Festival and the Pinbrew Fest. Mm -hmm. Some people were saying about the Texas Pinball Festival that the that they had food trucks there, but it was just kind of they didn't care for it because they had to wait in a long line for a hamburger, like thirty minutes or whatever, and the the food was decent. But but the, when I hear about uh, Pinbrew Fest, the food trucks are awesome, and people had a uh, a better experience. Was that your experience too? You think? I I, I think it's kind of hard to compare them. I mean, the Pinbrew, where it was located, pretty much all you had around there was like your typical fast food restaurants. Okay. At Texas Pinball Festival, I mean, you had Perry's Steakhouse right across the street, which we went to, and I had the most insane pork chop I've ever had in my life. Um, there was barbecue places everywhere. So I never really went to the food trucks because I figured if I was in Texas, I'm going to eat. Some yeah, why, barbecue. yeah. Why have a hamburger when you have steak? You know exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I did see the food trucks there and they were, they, I mean, they were pretty uh, busy most of the time. Because the only other thing they had inside, they had like their typical concessionary with like, you know, the, the pizzas under the heat lamp and the dry. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. 7-Eleven food. No, thanks. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, did you have a chance to uh, 
go to the flea market? And can you tell the audience a little bit about that if you did? Uh, you need the, the swap meet? Yeah I, yeah, I walked through there and yeah, it was it was like your typical swap meet and people with like their trucks backed up and games in the beds and tables of parts and it was, it was fun. I didn't buy anything from there because I was, I obviously I flew there. So I, I knew I wouldn't be able to bring anything back that big. But I mean, I did buy some parts inside the show, like a few mods for my games, but just stuff like I purposely packed like an extra suitcase inside of a suitcase to put all the stuff I brought back in. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't buy anything from the swap. Anything you would have bought that looked like a bargain? Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if I would lived locally and I had a truck, there was a couple of guys selling games, you know, like for a decent price. Uh, there's play fields, back glasses, you know, but yeah, it, it was, it was fun. I did buy a, a translate from Christopher Franchi. He, he, he made a custom Jaws translate. That's beautiful. So I bought one of those. I was able to roll that up. Speculation if that game is going to come out or not. Yeah. I mean, that'll probably be, I, I don't I'm gonna buy brand new games, but Rush, I had to, it's obvious, but Jaws, I probably would buy brand new also. Uh, the company I work for, uh, the owner, he retired last year at the end of the year. Well, he owned a uh, Captain Fantastic that he grew up playing and all that. And it was in our warehouse for a couple of years. He brought it in, needed some work done to it. Well, I mean, this, this story is going to break apart. <laughs> so it was in the warehouse, waiting back, just sat there for a while. Well, towards uh, right before he retired, they said, Hey, we want to shop that out and restore it for him for like a going away, like a retirement gift. So they sent me back to get it. I went back and I was like, couldn't find it. Looked all over uh, the warehouse, went next door, uh -oh. looked all over. We couldn't uh -oh. find it. Oh boy. Um, so like we looked for two months thinking maybe it was hidden away in a corner or something. No. How big is the was, warehouse? Yeah, it's a huge warehouse. We're, like I said, we're I one guess. of their biggest operators in Ohio. So, and the distributor, they sell throughout the Midwest. So they have a huge warehouse. So I'm looking and finally we find out during the pandemic, when we first came back, we had some new employees, new guys, younger guys. I mean, nothing personal against them, but they're like in their early 20s, mid 20s. They were told to go clean out the warehouse and get rid of all the junk. Ah, junk. Got it. Okay. Right. They saw <laughs> this old electromechanical pinball machine, thought it was a junk machine, and it ended up in the dump. Nice. Oh, 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 oh. Good, good place for it. A complete, per, a complete working Captain Fantastic. Oh. So I was sent on a mission to go find a replacement. So I was on Pinside, on Marketplace, looking all over, and finally, super nice guy up in Cleveland, Ohio. He had one that was in his family for pretty much most of the game's life. It's beautiful condition, and we purchased that from him. And now I'm in the process of restoring that for the guy that retired. <laughs> I'll ask, <laughs> did you get a bargain or did you have to pay up? We paid a little bit over the market price, but like I said, this game is beautiful. What, what he told me was it was when it first came out, it was operated for a year or two and then his family bought it and it's been in his family ever since. Nice. So, I mean, the back glass has no scratches whatsoever. The play field has no wear on it for Captain Fantastic is pretty, pretty good. That's great. Uh, the game. Game plays just need some adjustments, needs cleaned up, some rubbers and lights. It's it's gonna be a beautiful game. But yeah, it's heartbreaking knowing that there's somewhere in the 
in the in the city dump of Columbus, Ohio, there's a Captain Fantastic somewhere. <sighs> That's awful, Dave. Cody. I'm gonna uh, yeah. give the floor to you, Mister. One more thing. Uh, it'd be more heartbreaking if it went to the Crusher. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm afraid to know where it went. <laughs> <laughs> or the dump with the bulldozer running over it. It reminds me of the the end of Tommy, where he's like running through, and all the games are destroyed and on fire, just in a big heap. <laughs> That's that's the thing that got me into playing pinballs, watching that movie when I was a little, little kid. Well, I get a, um, I don't know if you want to do this a separate thing, George, but I get some other stuff on my sheet kind of thing. Basically, I got a, uh, I got some viewer mail here. I got, I, uh, I can read pretty interesting viewer mail I just got in, or listener mail, whatever you want to call it, um, and some other little stuff. But we can, you know, I can do it with Tom on here too. Either way, unless you got other stuff you Stop want to Tom. do. Tom, do you uh, if you want to stay and participate, you're more than welcome. If you got to go and get back to work, I'm, I'm open. I got I'll stick around if you guys. No, stay, me. stay. Okay. We like we like the interaction. Go I'm, ahead, Dave. My pleasure to be here. All right. Well, uh, listener mail just uh, this just came in half the presses. It says Doctor Dave just found the Classic Pinball Podcast a couple weeks ago, and have been checking them out ever since awesome podcast informative entertaining best of all not all about the latest ten thousand dollar games in the market whoops george you're right about that rush thing see he doesn't like the rush <laughs> no, <laughs> he I, wants to i'm to telling you i saw it in the numbers <laughs> i think people were polite because you bought the game right i don't think they really like the delivery thing so i gotta put a little distance when you get all your uh yep. your toy box set up uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll try to we'll, we'll make we'll for... make it kind of we'll make it kind of funny too because we get some funny stuff to do with that when uh, when all this when I put the thing all together we get some funny stuff in there so we won't totally monopolize it all but uh, but yeah the case in point you know it's not all about the latest ten thousand dollar games in the market you know uh, I've been in the hobby for just over two years so my collection is a mixed bag but mostly godly wide body machines anyway I was wondering if you have classic pinball podcast or Doctor Day's pinball repair T shirts. Another thing we've been talking about forever, George, is getting T-shirts done. And now this guy's talking about it. I would like to purchase one or both. I also heard you're going to Pinbrew next week. Looking forward to that show myself. Keep up the awesome work and let me know about the T-shirts. Take care, Scott, in Medina, New York. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Somebody's listening. And I, Tom, and I, how, I, did you, uh, how did you come to find us? Uh, it was a couple of years ago. I just... I didn't know there was pinball podcasts out there. So I, I found a couple of them and I just searched uh, pinball podcasts on Apple and you guys came up and I just started listening. I, like he said, I, I really enjoy listening about the older games. I mean, that's pretty much my wheelhouse. The new game, I like playing the new Sterns and New Jersey Jack games, but to me, give me a bunch of old Bally's and Williams from the eighties and nineties and I'm, I'll be happy for everything. <laughs> I'm always interested. Are there any other pinball podcasts that you listen to regularly? Uh, yeah. I mean, I listen to uh, the pinball show with Zach and Dennis. Uh, I listen to Jeff in, on uh, his show, Jeff Teolis. Um, with Marty, right? Yeah, with Jeff and Marty. Um, I listen to Canada just you know, to see what he's got to say. Because, I mean, I know a lot of people don't agree with him, but he is right most of the time on the things he says, like as far as upcoming. So he's, he's so, you paid, so you paid up? You uh, went behind the payroll with uh, Canada? I did. <laughs> I, I, okay. I give him a few bucks a month. 
Uh, but he, you know, I, I've met him in person at the expo and at Texas Pinball Festival and talked to him. He, you, if you sit and talk to him in person, he's a, he is a really nice guy. I mean, he, He's he's the Howard Stern of pinball podcast. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say Howard Stern about him. I was just going to yeah. say that. Yeah, I, but yeah, I generally, if you get a chance to meet him behind the paywall, yeah, sit down and talk to him. If you ever get a chance to meet him, you'll, you'll see he's generally a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, knows how it's done. I like to watch uh, YouTube channels on pinball repair. Like my favorite would be Kerry Hardy. I just love watching his restoration work, which he actually won Grand Champion Best of Show for his getaway. If you get a chance, watch that series of videos he does um, on YouTube. It's the most beautiful game you've ever seen, what he did to it. What's okay. the I'm not a regular of his, but I'll give, yeah. it, a, I'll give it a watch. Yeah, What's Carrie Hardy on YouTube. Carrie Hardy, C-A-R-Y, and then Hardy. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. What else you got? Um, uh, I, I have more viewer, uh, viewer, listener mail, but, um, having trouble finding right now. So that's the latest one, but, uh, there'll be more down the road, but oh, also in speaking of, um, classic pinball, I'll, I was teasing for a while about the Rolling Stones and it finally came out. Well, evil Knievel is getting closer and closer and it will be a two check them two evil Knievel is going to be a CPR playfield one and a regular, uh, original playfield one i'm doing two at the same time it's another double mint twins episode okay so we're probably going to end up doing i don't know i've got some ideas for when we go to pinbrew fest i'm leaning it's more than 50 percent now so uh i think uh i've got some good ideas for when we're there dave i know we're going to, going to be drinking beer and uh, playing pinball but we'll find some time to do some recording as well there were some beautiful able canibals at the texas show Oh like, yeah, solid state and electric pin. There was one, I, be I believe he converted an old Knight Rider to the to an Evil Can Evil electric pin. That's a good conversion. I'd, I'd take that. They're very similar time frame, very similar games, but Evil Can Evil is much better uh, execution of a game. It's yeah. a better game. Yeah, it, it was pretty fun to play. Yeah, I have a Knight Rider. It's you know, it's just like Bobby Orr and. Matahari, they're all kind of, you know, they're all kind of the same. But, but, but the Knight Rider, I had that special chip that my buddy made. The uh, ROM version is a, uh, it makes the Knight Rider a better game. Yeah, you put that in my game one time. Yeah, and you I said take it out a long time ago. <laughs> right. George is kind of a purist, and no, so George, it makes it way better. It doesn't do, it doesn't make it, you know, talk or play music. It just a little bit of addition, kind of makes it count down the bonus when you go in the hole and kind of increases the value of those drop targets every time you get them down progressively. So it's kind of adds a nice little couple niceties to, I don't know, just broaden that game's horizons, bring it up to the year 1978 or nine anyway, you know? Not a game I play a lot of in my collection, but, yep. you know, for a hundred bucks, it was a pretty good buy. <laughs> I don't know what those are going for now these days. Some of those cheap ones are fun. <laughs> Yeah, they are. Yeah, no, it's it's fun. I've been uh, I've been on the uh, Xenon kick. I, I shopped a bunch of games last week. Uh, I got bored and did four or five of them, and uh, that was one. And that's a that's I'm getting better at that game. I used to be really horrible at that game. I've gotten quite better at it, but we'll see. Uh, 
you know what? Let's talk about tournaments for a second. I left this till the end. Oh yeah, tournaments. Yes, George. Good <laughs> Were idea. you surprised that what I sent you? Yesterday? I was. I was shocked. I was like, wow. I, I just well, tell that to everybody I know. What I sent. What I sent you. Well, George sent me. Uh, said, "Hey, have you seen this?" And it's and something about IFPA. And I said, "Hmm, let me just do a little reading here." And I was on site working on two terminator twos at the time so i was a little bit distracted but i started reading it and it said wait a minute i see my name in here hold on and then and uh, let, me, let me i'm gonna pull it up right now on my little thing here and it said uh ifpa's player of the month biggest movers for november 2021 so here are the november 2021 ifpa winners players of the month and biggest movers so players of the month so and so and so but then it said biggest movers David O'Neill from Boston, Mass. Twenty-one thousand spots. I get the <laughs> <laughs> followed by Sam of Malden with twelve thousand, and then Jerry with ten thousand. Like I moved up 21,000 spots. <laughs> now I couldn't find your IFPA ranking. I found mine. I was actually surprised that I had four tournaments in there. I'm. Uh... I'm at number 6,711 or something like that. Uh, Tom, are you, uh, you said you played in the classics tournament out I in did. the TPF? Are you, yeah, ranked, up, are you ranked? Um, not very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, join the I, club. I play in leagues a lot here in Columbus and I try and get into the tournaments at the shows, but God, they sell out so fast. It's so hard. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm ranked anywhere did anything to brag about i know i did though if i want to you know put a feather in my guy i did win the 2002 uh pinberg for the c division <laughs> if you want to go back that far no I'll, i don't even I'll think it, it. i don't even think they have it on the website anymore it was way back before it became the monster that it was i'm just i'm looking forward to the uh the next uh, tournament like that, I, I had fun uh, qualifying and I was, uh, I got to pick some select games like, yeah, I can do it on that game. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> so, did did yeah. you happen to notice who made the finals out in Texas? No. Who? Your, uh, your good friend, Zachary. He did. Yes, he did. Again, he's a. Uh, he he got throttled though in the finals. He didn't do very well, but he made it to the top four again. Uh, he's a you know you uh, you hit the buzzsaw. I know everybody's sick of hearing it, but uh, he's a pretty good player. I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping at some point in time you guys uh, meet again. How's that? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Sounds good. Okay, I just looked it up. I am one thousand eight hundred thirty fourth. <laughs> oh, okay. You look so you're good. How do you and look I'm it fit, up? Just you, you log am, in. How do you look? Fit, how do you look it up? Well, I'm fifty seventh in the state of Ohio. So there, I, uh, I just went on to ifpapinball.com, and if you're registered on there, then you can just look up your past history, past tournaments, you know, stats. Okay. Yeah, ifpapinball.com. Oh, here we go. Okay, my rank. Here we go. I am three thousand eight ninety five. And I played okay. two turn two tournaments, I guess. Yeah. So the audience again is not surprised that I'm pulling up the rear. So if I just if I just play and don't do anything else but just play in tournaments, I can one day be uh, number one in the world. No, I don't think in so. Le- 
and league play. You get points for league play. Yeah, I don't really do. I used to run a league, and I don't really do. I don't do the league anymore. I have no time for it, running my biz. But uh, it was fun for a while, fun for a five-year run. So I'm hoping um, if I can juggle my schedule around, I think you guys said you were going. I'm going to try and go to Allentown for the first time. Oh, he's definitely going to that. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to yeah. hit I, three I, shows. Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out how I'm getting there. I don't know. I think we might – my wife and I might have another trip planned around it. So – but I'll be there one day. Yeah, I think it's a seven-hour drive from where I'm at. So I might, I might jump in the car and maybe bring a wife with me. And let's go on a little weekend in Pennsylvania. It's like, hey, you want to go yeah, see where Al- the song Al- was written Allentown's about? Allentown's a fun show. Yeah, I heard it's pretty nice. It's a fun, it's a very chill, relaxed show. The farmer's market it doesn't take itself too seriously. You know, so it's kind of laid back. That's what I like about that show. It's a laid back show. I've heard, I've heard that's the swap meet you don't want to miss. Yeah, also swap meet, tons of good stuff there. Yeah, it has a little everything, you know. And this yeah. year they actually have a that uh, real professional, you know, tournament. The uh, I think it's IFP sanctioned tournament. Uh, Eric Stone's going to be there for this one. In uh, isn't in that the swap meet where the infamous Fathom was picked up? Yeah, yeah, I know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yep. it was. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about our good friend Eric. Now that you brought him up. I went out uh, two Mondays ago and uh, watched the Batcave again. Mm. And forgive me, I think it's Dr. Frank is the guy who runs that particular website. And it's a club. In, I guess it's in Lakeland, Florida. He does a really, really nice job with uh, that Twitch broadcast. And I interacted. They did have uh, you know the texting going back and forth. But I don't think, again, Eric had any clue who I was. And I started up on him, and then I said, uh, he's playing the game. He's not going to pay attention. But if uh, our audience wants to uh, watch Eric, who's now, I think he's ranked like 30th. He dropped like a, no, I'm not going to use the phrase. Yes, he dropped in the rankings. You were going to say he dropped like a stone, weren't you? Yes, I was going to say that. <laughs> I caught myself. That's that's usually your domain. <laughs> I helped with that one. That's okay. So, Eric, if you do happen to hear this or somebody down there in Fort Myers, let Eric know that it's George from the podcast that heckles him, and uh, maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll uh, pay attention next time. We'll probably actually, if you go to Allentown, probably get to do a little interview with him too, Eric Stone, live from the attorney. Yeah, we need to pay a little bit closer attention. The last time we went to Allentown, it was kind of like an afterthought. Uh, You know, I had my friend Jack with me and, you know, I pulled a couple of people together. But this time I'll try to be a little bit more organized. It's just so much going on. It's it's like you're, uh, I don't know, a little kid in the candy store and you're in uh, attention deficit disorder with a puppy. Well, especially me. I'm not usually there for a long period of time. It's usually walk the hall, say hello to a bunch of people, go put the feedback on across the street at the farmer's market and then split. So it, it reminds yeah, me it's of not a full day affair for me. Unlike you who goes for what all three days or four. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can make a whole right. vacation of it, but it reminds me of uh, the, the famous thing you go into a store and there's a sign saying unattended children will be given an espresso and a puppy. I like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay we're gonna we're gonna end this uh here and now tom i want to thank you for coming on and uh, sharing your game and 
talking to us about TPF and the uh, Pinbrew Fest. Hopefully you do make it to Allentown. So thank you for coming. Yeah, if anybody out there listening, you can get an opportunity to go to Pinbrew. Do it. You won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. And, and Tom, if you want to go a little further, you can come to Pintastic uh, coming up uh, right after the Allentown show up in, uh, in I, June. Yeah, I definitely would like to come up to that area. I'm, 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 part, I'm part of that crew there. I, I run the best in play. Say goodbye, Dave. Goodbye, Dave. Oh, right. Hey, Tom, great to have you on. And, uh, and George, it's been uh, wonderful as usual. No, it was, I, like, it was my pleasure. I, I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Oh, oh, I was going to say, you asked about Rush. Um, I did play it. I've been playing it here on location. Um, I got a buddy who has two of them. He's got a pro on location and he's got an Ellie at his house. And, but I've been kind of not, I've been purposely trying to not dive deep into it yet because I want to get, I'm waiting to get my own so I can just spend all the time in the world on it. So I'm kind of, you know, just hanging back a little bit. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. You got your opening. What opening would that be, George? <laughs> well, you could tell us all about your new doll. I mean, your new your dollhouse. I mean, your new game. Yeah. Well, uh, I wouldn't say dollhouse. I would. Well, it's not a bad one. I'd call it jukebox right now, George. It's a box of lights that sounds really cool. It's um, a dollhouse where you're buying additional playthings for the box. Well, George, you've already played things spent like a thousand dollars and stuff for that game in tchotchkes, certainly, George. Yes, yes. I'm, you I'm, have I'm, a dollhouse. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call everybody. It's out. a jukebox. It's a dollhouse. All the mods for that thing. No, but some, I haven't. Some really nice mods at the show that guys are coming up with that we're selling. So yeah, what'd you, know you what? buy, Tom? So what'd you uh, buy, Tom? I didn't buy any yet. I'm still waiting to get to my machine before I start deciding on what I want to do to it. But I do have a set of Neil Peart drumsticks at home that I'm gonna add to. <laughs> See, for me, I I didn't want to go totally crazy like. Years ago, remember that Twilight Zone and that one guy, I think it was in New Hampshire, just kept saying, oh, he, he, he marketed a quarter to put it on the play field, a standing up quarter, just stupid crap. He just like loaded up with Toys R Us and dumped a toy box on it. It was way over the top, way too much stuff. So I don't want to be that guy, especially with this game. I want to do tasteful ones. So, so I pulled, I did a lot of, I bought a lot of functional things for the game. So things like the, the god awful, stern scoop protector or the, the uh the yeah, surround that's... there that's beat up and grabs the ball and just crap it's too thin uh even cliffy's having a problem making one that's going to work but it's better um the one guy's out that do a good good job is ninja camp with a 3d printed one out of the tpu material that looks like almost looks like a rubbermaid kind of product that looks very promising people play with that one so i i ordered a couple of those one for me one for my friend paul who's who got the premium i got the le of course um i get a playful protector for it that's going to protect it because we those these new playfuls all get dimples even though some of the people say oh just play the crap out of it all the dimples will even out over time be like a really crappy orange peel car finish no i'd rather have a pristine play fields it's not like the play fields of years ago with the harder wood this wood is softer so it's not the clear that's denting. It's actually the wood that's denting. So you mm. put a protector on it and it won't. So I get that, the scoop protector. I got the Dalmatian dog and the hydrant thing going on there. I got the, um, the tube lamp kind of LED thing on top of the time machine that looks like uh, the backlass uh, time machine tubes. I have um, pinwoofer total 
sound package upgrade, that thing is well worth the price. That's that steps up a whole other notch. Um, I I get a Polk subwoofer from the bottom. I decided to upgrade that. I took my I took my super duper M and K home theater sub and I I stuffed that underneath the game and tried that. It's like wow, this sounds better than most people's home theater now. <laughs> you know, playing this freaking thing. Uh, actually, no, scratch that. I'm not playing it. I'm listening to it. I've only played one game in this thing. I'm keeping it virgin until I can uh, until wedding night. Then you know, then we'll be, have a party. But uh, that's what we're doing there. Uh, what else am I doing with the game? Um, Did you get the uh, the covers for the flasher caps? No, I was gonna do that. I I didn't do that yet. Then there's two different versions. One's a hand painted, and one is just uh, you know make them out of a, a lesser one. You know, right. the hand painted ones look interesting. I'm tempted, a little pricey, um, but I don't know. I don't know if um, I'd have to see it in person. I've actually seen pictures, and I'm not I'm not totally sold on that one yet. But um, I'm definitely, definitely going to do those because I've never liked flasher caps on slingshots. I just it drives me nuts. <laughs> okay. And anything I could do to cover those up. I'll... Yeah, I, I'm. I, I still might. I, I I might do it. I might do it. Um, that's 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 a possibility. What else? Did, oh, I did. I've actually, I've, I've actually put a pause. I told him to, to hold off on my game until I, I really want to find out if they're going to fix that skip scoop issue. Because I don't want to spend all these thousands of dollars on this game and just have it beat up the first day. Yeah, that, that's that's why. Well, I definitely wanted the LE, so I had to jump on it. So I did. I got a good price right. on it and I jumped on it. But I and I didn't really know the scoop was me a problem. I actually I jumped into this game with both feet first and then. George clue me and hey you should check out the big thread and now thanks to George I'm looking at the thread every hour for, yeah. for for rush updates on on what the the pin pin side brain trust is coming up with all the different stuff for for rush and how to make it better how to you know re-engineer stuff and it's like I'm just gobbling it up and e e eating it everything and uh so that's why you know I haven't played it and I have plenty of other games to play I just basically once in a while turn it on admire it play some tunes on it make sure it's all tuned in turn it back off again until I get the ninja scoop. And the ninja scoop, I think is better than, you know, Stern's version is a stupid Marge blue hair thing. Oh, those uh, things are and they, they fall apart right away too. Horrible. It's a, it's crap. So I'm not putting that on either. I'm, I'm putting on the aftermarket one from uh, ninja camp. It looks really good. Well, not um, to dive too deep in the rabbit hole, but uh, yeah. that buddy of mine here in town, his LE, I believe he said he opened it up. They set it up they played 10 games on it. And the scoop was already destroyed in the ball. Yeah. So he, exactly. they stopped playing it they, they turned it off he said he's not playing it again until they get something worked out well if you if you listen to us uh when we played the game in our last episode we watched it as we were playing the scoop getting destroyed and then dave broke the game yeah it's ridiculous so, let's uh let's let's move uh away from russia unless you have something else uh to add just said they're the greatest band in history that's all i gotta add <laughs> yes they are especially favorite song subdivisions for me how about you tom oh that's a great question um, you know what it's a lot of people um find this odd and in fact i was talking to jeff teolis at expo last year and he was asking what song i would want in that game more than anything and it was the big money yeah, Big Money that, from Power Windows, I think, has the greatest two and a half minutes or two minutes of them during their solos in, in that they've ever done. It's just the way that all three instruments marry together and they play off each other. 
go back and listen to it again. There's during the solos of that song, it's just amazing. All right, I'll, I like that song. I'll, I'll listen to it again for the first time again. Oh, one other thing I put in the game that's uh, the that I highly recommend is that Rush um, uh, concert ticket, magnetic one. Oh, it goes on the back on the backboard there. that comes up with that stupid red load your QR code crap. It right. goes over that and looks way better. I saw somebody do that. That is a good one. Yeah. And I think that's about it for mods. I think there's probably more, but I kind of forget them. But I, I it's okay, probably, good. I'm gonna put you know. a uh, <laughs> I'm gonna put an end to this because we just probably lost half the audience again. Ha, 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 ha.